We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, everybody, what is going on? Welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo, your weekday Daily driver for Buffalo Sports Talk and more. My name is Patrick Moran. Thank you for locking in, whether you're listening to this audio podcast form, whether you're watching this on video, actually streaming this live on Sunday night. Join for my weekly uh, chat with Telepox. Let me start with a story real quick before we get into this game. It's kind of related to it. So yesterday, Saturday, um, it was a good buddy of mine's birthday. He turned 40 years old and... I tied one on yesterday, man. I'm too old for that shit. You know, we, we could sit down. We could have a handful of beers. We're fine. But at our age, you're not really supposed to be pounding shots. And I did. And I was, it was one of those get up on Sunday and check your Uber receipt to see what time and where you came home from. <laughs> kind of nice for me on Saturday. Anyway, I did not even get up out of bed until like 1230. And, uh, all I wanted to do was go back to sleep and watching this game today as we tape this on Sunday night, I, I kind of wish I would have just stayed in bed and, and stayed sleeping. What a, what a disgraceful, embarrassing loss to a team that if you paid attention this season, New England is so bad. 44% of their drives for the season were three and outs coming into this game and the Bills lose 29-25. They're four and three on the season. They've lost to Zach Jones, or um, yeah, they've lost to Matt Jones. They've lost to Zach Wilson. They were a yard away from losing to, to Rod Taylor. They're a yard away from being three and four right now. Uh, where do we even start with this? The only way that this episode should have opened up is by you turning to me and saying, Pucks. Two weeks ago, when this team lost Daquan Jones and Matt Milano, you said that the championship window was closed for this year yeah. and doubled down by saying that they will lose one of their next three games. How did I ever get so lucky as to have someone as smart at sports as you 
on my bullshit. I'm just, I don't want to call you the bullshit podcast. It's doing very well, and I wish you continued success. But how did someone as smart as you? How did I land someone as smart as you for this podcast? That's how I should have started. That's how that just should have started. You know. All right, but listen, hold up. Good. I'll wait for later in the episode when I land the fucking trifecta on you with the Greenway Cousins Thompson line that I was certain all off season was going to be put back together with Middlestat, Skinner, and Tuck. All right, yeah. I'll save. I'll I'll save all the how smart I am stuff. Uh, you know, for, for when I can throw that little Sabres tid, tidbit in there as well. But I will still continue to offer both you and your listeners more knowledge on the Buffalo Bills' performance today and where the season currently stands going forward. So here's what I think's happened. May I continue? Am I okay to keep yeah, going? Go ahead, man. All right. Run it. Today, I think all of the fans' worries as they related to the first six weeks of what we've seen from the Bills, what we've witnessed on the injury front as well. I think all those worries um, surfaced today. Uh, every single one of them um, was proven to be a legitimate worry by the end of today. Okay, the, sure. the, def the, the defense's injuries, the offense's inefficiency. There was Everybody had their concerns, and a lot of them were – were founded, even though a lot of people threw stats out there this week to try to make them seem somewhat unfounded. Um, now, I, I think we're, I hope we're all in agreement that these concerns were very much justified. What also is happening, I believe, is those concerns that, uh, that we, we, I, I think kind of organically came around through the first six week of weeks of the season. Those are intersecting with some of the warts that a lot of the off season naysayers mm -hmm. felt existed with the, with this team. All right. All of these are coming together in what I believe is a disastrous point in the season, because I, I don't think that's overstating it. Four and three with that schedule, what it was through the first half of the season. Right. The injuries that we've suffered and the success of the Miami Dolphins, you know, for regardless of our performance against them, mm -hmm. we're in disaster mode. Do we have to be in season over mode? No. You, you know, you're the season had a lot, a lot of hope. It would take a lot to be over. When it comes to, you know, this roster and quite frankly, the benefit of like 15 fucking playoff spots now out of 32 NFL teams, it, it would be wrong to consider it over from that regard. But this is a disastrous start. It is. You know, I go back to two weeks ago, you and I were sitting on the patio doing a, a live show at Imperial Pizza and the discussion came up. This was after beating Miami and looking really good doing it. We, we talked about where the Bills do for a letdown. And as idiotic as I feel saying it now, I'll say two weeks ago at that time, I sat there and told you that I feel like the Bills won't have any kind of letdowns because of the trenches. I remember saying the trenches. and. Holy shit, man, that is really unraveled amongst a lot of other things. 
over these last couple games. Uh, I agree with everything you said, by the way, when it comes to the season where this team stands. And I especially agree about the injury front because it didn't matter too much against the Giants. It shouldn't have mattered against the Patriots, but holy shit, did it matter today against the Patriots. Um, Matt Milano being out, that is killing them. Uh, Dorian Williams, a week ago, he looked really good. I talked about him specifically on the show, watched them all 22. I'm like, man, this guy's got, you know, potential for days. Cover One did a, an excellent 20-minute film session on his highlights and some things he needs to work on. One game later, he gets benched for Tyrell Dotson, who quite frankly wasn't much better. But then the biggest thing, Daquan Jones, let me ask you this. And this is kind of a, it's a dumb question, but it kind of serves a point, I feel like. Daquan Jones, Matt Milano, Trey White. If you could have one of them back and one only right now on this football team, who would you have? And I ask you that because I think that might represent what you think they're missing the most from a player being gone. Well, I mean, for me, it's Milano. Is it? Uh, yeah. It, Jones is, has proven to be um, maybe, and a lot of people thought it, it was big, but maybe even bigger than a lot of people thought. Or maybe just us two fucking idiots. All right? yeah. Because uh, was anybody else out there really saying, oh, I think they're going to be okay because of Puna Ford? Well, Puna Ford's been terrible. Yeah. We both thought he was, you know, the 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 break the glass in case of Daquan Jones injury. Sure. And we were both okay with that. And we were both dead wrong. So, yes, the Jones injury uh, in, in that regard, because we got the, the depth pieces so wrong or at least one of them wrong um milano though man all right i mean there have been plays that that have changed games that would just be a, a you know six eight yard uh you know gains with with milano and his sheer tackling you know i mean i think of the uh i think of the screen today when when um you know, in the final drive, everyone knows what I'm talking about. The fucking screen that, that opened up that Patriots drive. You mean the one that Jordan Phillips whipped out of? Yeah, tackle? and that's the thing. That's 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 where I don't I don't want to sound too confident in in you know the direct correlation between the uh, you know Milano missing on that play in particular. But those are just the types of plays that have been turning into chunks since uh, since he went out. And uh, I, I need that above above all else. I know Daquan Jones disrupts so much in the middle of the line, and you know maybe maybe we get more splash plays, more more pressure on the quarterback. Uh, you know when you have that interior disruptor that uh, that Jones is and and Oliver is Oliver is as well. But man, you know what, what's happening right now at the second level with uh not you know not just the missed tackles but the coverages too i think mm -hmm. you're gonna you know eventually we'll get around to um taron johnson's game you brought that up very very early in uh in in our little chat about it before uh you know before we came on and i think i think milano matters a lot in those lanes that you know that taron johnson looks very good in when he's got the support of uh, uh of his backers at that level as well and i think just i just just a ripple effect with uh with milano in that defense i think is the one that uh that's gonna matter most i mean look man i mean he's an all pro 
a deserve it all pro not, not sure. like a fucking i mean it maybe it kind of came out of nowhere because there was no ramp up to it like never even like a pro bowl and then all of a sudden boom all pro but i think it's just a case where people started to realize how good of a football player he was man and i think we knew that we knew that it's enormous who didn't say matt milano going into the season uh right at the top of guys we couldn't afford to lose sure um by the way people if you see some comments coming up some people are following along on youtube not really getting into them but i am throwing them up there um as they come in as good as i can anyway look it's it's this is a, a weird discussion to have because this is the first time all season where you could look at the defense and say it's on you today now i was also on the offense and we'll get into that you know the first half yet again for a third straight week just abysmal in the first half this was a bad defensive effort i would have agreed with you about, about matt milano i i personally right now feel like daquan jones that loss is the biggest first of all he was playing at an all-pro level before he got hurt a month into the season I don't know. And Ed Oliver being out today really hurt them. Too. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> see, that's where that's I, why I, like, I think right. that's where I'm going to like, um, just take a step back on, on the Jones injury. It was, it was definitely, uh, magnified today without Oliver being there. What we learned most definitely is that Phillips and settle are their, their rotation guys, their role guys, man, they cannot log the snaps. Nope. You know, they, 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 they lack certain, um, skill sets uh, and, and you, you know each of there's just a lot of weaknesses there that get that get attacked and magnified when it's not you know just a snap share when they've got to really hold it down they can't hold it down maybe they can hold it down with with Oliver in there you know maybe they can sure. you know go two three um but not 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 one two not one two man they're, they're you're you're fucked in the middle of that defensive line uh if you have to go with phillips and settle for any extended period of time yeah maybe ed oliver if he's out there they don't feel the loss of daquan quite as much but today without either of them i mean holy shit Buna ford was horrible um, i didn't even I, I you know what i'm gonna <laughs> I saw he's 98, isn't he? Yeah. I fucking saw him like one, one or two plays. And I, and I was just like, who's 98? Like I, Puna Ford has completely left the building. As far as I'm concerned, I don't even know what the Puna Ford conversation is. All right. Yeah. They hated him from the jump. My man's, you know, my man sat there at five on the depth chart from the jump dummies like me and you made up excuses as to why that might be like oh he's just you know he's just daquan jones insurance nah they didn't like they didn't like puna ford from the get-go and we certainly see why you know we're calling ourselves out here a little bit i talked about how wrong i was with the depth or, or with the in the trenches and how bad they looked today after the miami game and i thought you were right at the time you said brandon bean deserved a game ball because of the roster he's oh. built the depth that is on this team well now this like two months ago it does but you know the depth is getting tested now and it failed miserably against a very bad patriots team and it's not just puna ford at defensive tackle where's tim settle i mean this guy was supposed to be a good pickup from washington and the only thing he was missing was opportunity well he's two years in now or a year and a half in i'm seeing very little from him vickers i can't remember the guy's first name <laughs> disrespect to him but he got some snaps today did nothing and then um, Jordan Phillips, 
The guy's good at like penetrating. The guy, he's got, must have the worst PFF tackle grade in the history of, of statistics. This guy whiffs two to three tackles a game. And that screen on that last drive was one of the biggest plays of the game. It was a 30 yard gain. It could have been stuffed right at the line. And who knows how uh, things play out. But yeah, that's what stuck out to me more than anything else today is the play of the defensive tackle position and the linebacker position was just, it was, uh, it was anemic today. And I've liked Terrell Bernard this season. I've been an apologist for him because I said, you know, I thought he was going to suck and that he didn't belong a starter, but he's kind of proven himself. Got beat a lot today in, in pass coverage. Um, yeah, it's just, I don't know, man. It's all just a bad game, <laughs> bad, bad game at, at, at the worst time. And this team is, they're in trouble, man. I don't think it's, you know, I always say I'm a knee-jerk reactor. I overreact. I don't think I'm overreacting right now. This is a football team in peril right now. This is a football team in a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble. Yeah, man. Um, I'm interested to see, you know, what people say over the next 48 hours. I think, you know, your sentiment will be echoed more than it's uh, than it's been, you know, the last week or so. You took some hits, uh, maybe even on behalf of uh, of both of us and, and some of our negative energy coming off of sure. uh, recent games. But, you know, at this point, I don't know how you could, you know, see them as as anything but, uh, you know, a team in, in, in a lot of trouble. This is the first time this year where I I'm going to make it. Uh, a, a point to go look and see what the other records in the AFC are. I mean, maybe that just speaks to the fact that I'm not a, as big of a all around NFL fan, but at the same time, I, I did not worry about making the playoffs until today's loss it, with today's loss. I am now to the point where I'm no longer saying, uh, you know, that the, 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 the Super Bowl is out of play this year. I'm now worried that even just getting into the tournament is 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 in jeopardy, and I think that's pretty fair to say, man. I mean, we'll you know, you mentioned a couple other teams' records as we flipped around some games, um, you know, before we came on, and it seems pretty legit. And, and I think part of it is most people know that things get harder on the Bills in in the second half of the season, so. You know, is this a is this a ten win football team right now? And does ten even get it done? Those are questions that are fair to now be answered. Because I'll tell you this much: all right, I'm I'll, I'll probably predict. Uh, you know, if I, not that anyone gave a shit, uh, a, a win for Thursday for Thursday night. But I will rustle up as much as I can without being without it being discovered. <laughs> okay. And my, my hope is that I can make my largest, not only football. Okay. But my largest sports bet of all time in two weeks, because the fucking Bengals will curb stomp us. The Bengals are winning that game by three touchdowns. Period. There is no, the, the Bengals, they got their bullshit out of the way. <laughs> okay, this team is going to find their groove. They're going to find it against us. They're going to take that leap that everybody thought was there and then, you know, wondered about through the first month of the season. And regard, I don't care, you know, what happens against Tampa Bay, win, lose, or draw. 
I am certain of this. I am certain of this, and I will put my money where my mouth is in tears. Well, I'm going to quit right? this. In tears on the game itself, on the spread, and then to get some plus money on, like, you know, laying like 14 or something like that off on the bills. We're going to get the piss beat out of us in two weeks because we ain't going to fix what's wrong by then. Does that mean we're not a playoff team? No. Does that mean I'm saying the season's over? We might not be able to enjoy like one January football game. I'm not saying that, but I am saying this. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to beat the shit out of us in two weeks. We ain't going to be fixed by then. All we can hope to be at the end of that night is five and four. It's hard to put up uh, an argument when you watch how this team has looked against the Giants and the Patriots, two really bad football teams over these past two weeks. I'm still not there. I wasn't there when you said it at first, and I'm still not there where I say that their chance of winning a Super Bowl. Oh, Jesus. Are I'm you not kidding me? This team is, there are holes everywhere. And one of the ones that we didn't even know existed, all of a sudden, Von Miller, I'm not even sure he's going to contribute on a fucking football field again in his life. All right. He's 35 years old. He's coming off a major injury. Okay. Age was one of the warts that I'm referring to people pointing out. All right, when they bet against the Bills during the offseason, and we all ran and said, they're just looking for clicks. They're just looking for clicks. Nobody thinks our Bills could suck. Nobody. They suck. <laughs> and Von Miller ain't helping matters. He's not. Von, Von Miller, Miller ain't helping matters. That's, that's actually in my among my notes, too, that I was good. We're going to discuss. He just three weeks in now. I get the first game, the jitters and all that, but three weeks in, and he's giving them absolutely nothing. Uh, it almost looks like he's playing to not get hurt out there. Like the way he's rushing the quarterbacks is trying to run straight back into the quarterback. There's no bend in his pass rush or anything uh, like that. I still, I, I will say this. You could take, if anyone still has the bills, like, you know, you do tiers each week. I know Joe DiBiase does it on his Twitter. Lots of people have different tiers. Anyone who has the bills in the same tier is, as uh, the Chiefs, take them out because they're not in the same class right now as the Kansas City Chiefs. They're just not. Um, Miami too. And I know we beat Miami two weeks ago, but I think Miami's a way better football team right now as things stand. They, I feel like the Bills should be along in the same tier as like Pittsburgh and may, Baltimore. Maybe Baltimore is even in a higher tier right now, but like the Chargers, the Browns, teams that sh could make the playoffs, but are not locks. And I kind of feel like that's where the Bills belong right now. The Bills do not belong in the same tier as the Kansas City Chiefs or the Bengals for that matter. I'm confident in saying that. I do think they can get things fixed, though. I do. I've said it two That's weeks fine. ago. Brandon I think, we, I, I think we owe this guy. I, I think we owe this guy. Uh, Who? Uh, well, this guy right there. I don't know that he wants to, you know, wants his name, there? you know, put out there. Yeah, that guy. Oh, I think yeah. we I, I think we owe him uh, the, the service of pointing out that we're way too far into this to have not talked about the offense. Okay. I hear you. We went from defense to well because the well, defense, the defense fucking has hide it. I got to be able to see it. My man says Christopher Michael. I have to disagree. In the last three games, they scored ten points in the first half, and the offense is completely healthy. The defense is getting zero help. In fairness to my man's, all right, we opened up with like uh, 
where does it run again? Where does it run? How far into this are we? We're about 22 minutes in. All right. Well, we're on about 17 of those minutes on the defense and then moved off to the big picture. The offense fucking sucks too. All right. Christopher Michael, this one's for you, baby. <laughs> the fucking offense sucks too. Uh, a lot of specific mis miscues in this game too. I'm Josh's first pass of the game, just an awful read, throw and interception. Also in that third quarter, and this was a big play in the game. Stefan Days got behind two defenders, and Josh just straight up overthrew him. And it wasn't a forced, hurried pass. He stepped into it, and he overthrew him. Three good, to five. Three uh, to five really bad misses yep, today. Three to five really bad misses that's, today. That's a 75-yard touchdown to Stefan Diggs if it's a decent throw because he had a good step and a half on him. Dawson Knox drop on fourth down. I'm done with Dawson Knox. <laughs> I, I'm just – I'm done with him. This Every fucking week, you and I are talking about something – Related to a Dawson Knox drop. That was a fourth down drop. It was huge. This guy has hurt the Bills bad this year. He is a straight up liability. Dalton Kincaid's got to get those one tight end, uh, three receiver reps going forward. It's got. There aren't any. That's it's, the, it's the thing. It's got. They're, they're not. They're not. They're not committed to any one no. tight end, three receiver, three receiver sets. I mean. Eh. I, I would even put Quinn. If they're going to go 12 personnel, give me Quinn and Morris. All He's right. a better blocker. I, I said that. Not, I know you, you did say that. So I, I respect the fact that you're doubling down on it. But no. All right. I'm not looking for Quinn Morris to get Dawson Knox's reps. Why not? He's, he's proven to be a liability. These are big drops, man. Big drops that cost them points. That four thousand drops. It's just not going to happen. It, maybe not to the extent that. Uh, well, then it's I, bad coaching to me. It's, it's, Dawson Knox is going to see the reps ahead of Quentin Morris. It's not even in the conversation. Does he deserve to? How good is Quentin Morris? All right, we've watched Dawson Knox do some I shit. Say. He's had a bad first half of the season. He's had a very bad first half of the season, and I think Dawson Knox. Uh, is also, um, you know, struggling with the with the move to, uh, you know, to a two tight end offense. The I don't know how much struggling time, putting how much the football. Time, in his I, I get it. Yeah, it the hands. drops. The drops are big. The drops have been there. The drops. Every are big. week we talk about this because it happens every week. You know, they're not they're not necessarily balls that hit him between the eights. But I I, I agree. I I agree. He's been bad. He's been bad. I just you know I got to step in when you tell, go to talk about Quentin Morris taking his reps. No, all right, man. If you want to give, uh, you know, if you want to find a way to get a third receiver on the field and and go with more of that personnel to where it's only one tight end and that tight end's Kincaid. Yes, okay, I'll have the conversation all day. I'm not going to have the Quentin Morris conversation. I just feel like there's no accountability right now with Dawson Knox. And I know that's Josh's boy, and I and I get he's a hard worker. I like Dawson Knox as a person, and he has been good in the past, but he just doesn't have it this year, man. Doesn't have it this year. Rough, rough first half. Anyway, so yeah, so you got the bad Josh throws. You got Dawson Knox dropping a, a fourth down pass. Um, Karen Johnson, who I think has been outstanding for the Buffalo Bills for years now. Great player. I tweeted this. Great player. Terrible afternoon. He was bad, man. He had a a <laughs> comedian. Will Brown says Teron Johnson has to go. All right, that's a he doesn't have to go anywhere. But anyway, I, whatever. Fans are entitled to their opinion. He played bad today. He gave up uh, the the winning touchdown pass, which whatever. That's you know, that's just one play. But he also had a big, big, big penalty on third down. He got called for a uh, defensive holding twice today. Um, but anyway, he had a bad third down penalty. It wiped out what would have been a strip sack fumble for uh, 
Leonard Floyd that knocked the Patriots out of field goal position. And they went out and they scored a touchdown. So that single-handedly cost them six uh, six points. I know we're back on the defense here when you want to talk about the offense. No, I, I'm, I know, did it. I mean, we know but the deal. It was, just, it, it was a really bad day for Johnson. I thought he was terrible today. Um, I, I brought up Jordan Jordan Phillips, too. I, mean, I really think Johnson. I, I really think Johnson. Uh, Johnson's play is, is a product of you know the underneath support that he would get from two premier linebackers uh, over the first part of of his career. I don't think anyone's ever um, you know really seen Johnson as as a world beater in coverage. I think we love the way you know he can blow up screens. We love the way he's a, a sure tackler. Uh, on the edges and, and things like that, but he's always just been okay in, in coverage. And when he, when he doesn't have uh, the lanes in front of him protected, you know, the way that, that Milano and uh, and Edmonds, I'm not ready to put Bernard there yet because Bernard's starting to look a little ordinary without Milano. Um, you know, Johnson, it, it's it's part of the ripple effect with Milano as far as I'm concerned. Um, before we get into the the offense specifically I actually want to give some credit to the Patriots as bad as they've been this year I thought Bill Belichick coached a great game today. no I'll, I won't hear it he did I won't I hear it they did nope. a good job nope all over my Twitter feed this week all I heard was what a fraud Bill Belichick was because a fan base of one of the worst fucking professional teams in history to never win shit thinks they know who's good and who's bad and the guy with six rings he sucks well, he didn't suck today. Yeah, I thought he coached a great game, man. Um, defense, they played smart. Uh, they pressured Josh Allen. They found ways to get after him, not necessarily with sacks, but just pressure. And then on the offensively, man, I, I mean, they took away any Bills pass rush, quick throws. They ran the ball effectively. Uh, yeah, they were I, ready. Yeah, they, they were. were. They were ready, man. You know, I mean, what was the open? Oh, well, you weren't awake. You were just sleeping one off. The first big story. That hit this morning, all right, was I think Pelissaro saying that a somewhat uh, low-key, massive extension was signed by Belichick in the offseason. Oh, oh, did we go after it? Oh, did we have a blast with that news, all right? You think Bill Belichick doesn't, doesn't know that, you know, that buzz is out there? And it's beyond Buffalo, even though, you know, I, I popped a little shit to the people that, you know, that glommed all over it this week but you know beyond just our market you know bill belichick knows that that's starting to be said and i think he was very very prepared uh and had his football team very very uh prepared today they, they were they were well coached today they were well schemed well coached he knew he, i don't give a shit you know that that dorian williams played every snap last week or whatever he looked at film and said, I'm going right after this kid. And he did. They did too. <laughs> I'm going right after did. I'm got going benched. right after this kid. They did. They got benched. He's always, he's always, he's always gonna, you know, you can rest assured that you'll find you'll know what your weaknesses are after you play Bill Belichick because he will attack them. Yeah. Um, so, so Larry said, so how disappointed are you with the Vaughn Miller return effect? I mean, we, we kind of hit on that already. He's I ain't even blaming Vaughn for it, man. I mean, I ain't blame, I ain't blaming Vaughn, but you know, I 35 35 I don't I, I don't care how well he has kept his body in shape 35 is 35 man and and age in some spots was part of why people felt there was a the potential 
for this window to start to close. And we're seeing it at safety. All right. We, we're definitely seeing it as safety despite a hell of a play by, by Poyer today. You know, he might be one of the guys where I would say, you know, just the, the pounding is starting to wear on a little bit. Um, and that's because he, he just, he, that's how he's played the football the player. last five years. Yeah, hey, very absolutely. Man, I ain't taking nothing away from the guy other than his wife being an insurrectionist, but um, the, the age is showing. All right. And, and, it's just not impossible to look at things right now and say Von Miller's never going to be Von Miller again. I noticed on the final Patriots drive, too, when the New England was had to throw the ball, at least early on, uh, it was Floyd and Rizzo out there and not Von Miller. He's just he's not the same. And I don't know if he will be again, but he's definitely not right now. And you could just tell the way he's rushing the quarterback. It just, you know, it felt like last week I saw little glimpses like he was starting to get that timing down. He was getting off the ball quick, but you still you just don't see any bend. In, in his pass rush. Last thing about the defense, because we got to talk offense here, because that's very much a reason why they're four and three now instead of five and two, because they sleepwalk through first halves. But the tackling, that's not, you know, it's so easy to blame coaches and McDermott and Dorsey for everything, but isn't like tackling a, a player thing? But that's this when you terrible get, at tackling. That's when I know it's not necessarily all, um, you know, the linebacker, the defensive tackle, and the cornerback replacement for the three studs that we lost. I know not every missed tackle is a, is is you know directly attributed to those three positions, but yo, missed tackling is what you have when you are an undermanned defense. Missed tackling is what you have when you ain't that fucking good. It's like the baseball team that keeps saying, eh, it was just that one inning. It just got away from us in, in that one inning. What well, You know what? Because that one inning happens to bad baseball teams, and that is what's happening or what happened today, certainly. we Maybe we didn't see it last week, but the Giants are anemic. Like just a knee. So the Patriots. I understand. I'm just saying we happened not to see it last week. This is what happens. All right. Um, when when you start to put in below replacement level players and the Bills today, mainly because of the Oliver injury. I, I still think, you know, I'm with you on, on Jones, but if I get Oliver back, all right, I can I can find a way. It makes a difference. I can find a way to shuffle, settle, and Phillips around to where I, I'm not getting I'm not getting killed. Right, All I right? agree with that. Having both of them out there, but definitely. nothing's ever going to replace Milano. And it's not just that you lost him as a player. They were scared to death to put Dorian Williams on the field, and now we see why. And last week, the guy that they're scared to death to put on the field. Last week, his replacement only got five snaps. We're a fucking mess at that spot right now. I mean, that linebacker spot's a mess. You saw them going with rap today, you know, in, in, in that last drive. They, they would pull Dotson out, didn't have the trust to put Williams in, so they went to a dime, which you could count probably the number of times they played the dime on, on one or two hands through the first six weeks. It's, it's, it's an enormous enormous hole in the middle of that defense and it affects everything and it's a credit again to bill belichick and bill, and bill Bryan for 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 the play calls today it's Bell a credit to matt milano yeah it is <laughs> he is i mean he is so good he is well like even the, the play calls today and you see it was pretty obvious frustrating to watch but it was really smart by new england get the ball quick get it out in open space 
and Bills guys are going to miss tackles. I mean, the biggest plays that New England had today were pretty much missed tackles. Like I said, Phillips whiffing led to a 30-yard screen pass that put him in position to win the game. Um, Dane Jackson had a huge missed tackle Man, on, on an end around. He was left out in space against yeah. the superior yeah. athlete. Yeah, he just, all right, he, he was left it. out, and that play was designed, all right, to for for that that guy to have to beat one man and with the exception of of maybe just a couple corners in this league um he's he's beaten most of them he's beaten most of them i i, I mean I, like i'm you know i don't give a shit i'm not here to defend dane jackson i just remember the play and i yeah. I, I think that play was more of of a a patriots uh i think that play was more of a schematic win for the patriots than a dane jackson bills are undermanned you know uh loss on the play when the bills took the lead near the end of the game i, I thought get, it was over i did too i, I was, it was over. i was concerned about what the, the fuck? i was concerned about the field goal i never in my wildest dreams that I think New England was going to take the ball and go fucking 75 yeah, yards either, to win man. the game. Again, credit Shit. to them and it, it just put the Bills in a lot of trouble. Let's take a real quick break and come back and uh, we got we got to dive into this offense. Some, some Sabres talk to coming up in just a minute. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, I'm back here with Tone Pucks. Yeah, this Bills offense, man, three straight weeks now, they've, they've looked like they've sleepwalked into the first half. I think they've got it, what, 10 points combined? Just one touchdown in the first three halves, or in the half, first half of the last three games. What, what do you attribute that most to? Is, is it execution? Is it coaching? I, I, I'm at a loss right now. I, I, I don't even know. I don't know what to think. It looks like on the scroll there, people started saying, "Stop saying shit." No one's talking anymore. <laughs> did a better, did a better live stream just start or something? Where'd everybody Probably. go? Who knows? God damn it! <laughs> I enjoyed that. Um, oh man, uh, you know, I'm. It's Dorsey. <laughs> it starts there, but hold on. 
I, I wanted to get here with, you know, to get to this point with, you know, with some wit and, and some thought, but it's, it's not going to work out because I'm distracted. Um, so I'll just, <laughs> I'll just, I'll just go right to it. I think Sean McDermott wears some of the offensive failures. Elaborate. Um, I think this, I, I'm not saying that, that we targeted Kincaid per se. All right. I'm not saying that that McDermott necessarily had an agenda to go to the the uh the 12 personnel and 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 Kincaid was the target. But I do think McDermott has always wanted to rein in the offense a little bit, to have the ability to move sticks, chew yards with uh you, you know with 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 the run game. Um I think you know he felt like he his offenses were too one dimensional, and that's not strictly run versus pass per se, but just one dimensional in the fact that if they're not really flowing by getting the ball downfield, they're in trouble when they have to take those six to eight yards and move the chains. And I think he wanted to see he talks about complementary football all the time all right and i think what complementary football is to him is you know a team that chews up a lot of clock and just you know that they don't have three play drives like we saw in the day ball era when we'd be on monday night and someone might get within 10 points of us and day ball's just like eh, fucking 10's too close i'm gonna go make it 17 in the next three plays i don't i i think that was the school of day ball man and i think the school of mcdermott is i'm up 10 all right i'm gonna i'm gonna get this to the end of the fourth quarter up then you know i'm gonna take the air out of the football a little bit i just think a lot of the the offensive strategy the mindset um is a product of mcdermott's oversight of the whole piece and the other thing i'll add to this and and i think this you know the other what i just went into obviously i can't prove but this part of it i think I can't imagine not agreeing with it. I think we all believe, despite the fact that, you know, Brandon Bean's the general manager of this football team and under traditional uh, org charts, you know, he trumps the coach. I, I think we all believe that the true decision maker at One Bell Drive, you know, the boss, man, the boss is Sean McDermott. Okay. The fact that we have decided for the long term benefit, to take the football out of Josh's hands in the running game. Yes. Okay. That is one man and one man only, one man's only decision. That was Sean McDermott's decision. Nobody else. Nobody else. You could argue Pagula, but I don't think he's I don't think he'd say it in a million years. All right. Nobody else makes the decision to stop running Josh Allen other than Sean McDermott. So if you believe that you know, maybe I, everything I said up until this point, you didn't give a fuck about. But if you believe that this offense is less effective now because they have made it their mission not to bang their quarterback up, well, then that proves my point. Sean McDermott's prints are all over that because nobody else in this organization makes that decision but him. Yeah, look, and I mean, it is so obvious that he is looking to not run the football now. And to me, that's taken away something that sets him apart from so many other quarterbacks, you know, would you 
ask Lamar Jackson to not run the football. And they're two different types of runners. Whereas, you know, Josh is more physical. Lamar is more athletic, but what would the Baltimore Ravens offense look like if Lamar Jackson refused to run the football? Cause it's getting a point now where it almost feels like Josh Allen is refusing no to way, run the football. No, he should be running the football early too in the games. I mean, it's just, it feels like the bills are very easy to defend right now. There's no way he's doing that on his own. There's just no way you would you, would you say that there's, that there's a, a a reasonable chance that some of his decisions against running the football are his own. No, I, I, I agree with you there. I definitely think it's Sean McDermott. Who's telling him, I don't want you running the okay. football. You know, if you go down the season's over, I get it to an extent, but look at this offense. It needs his legs. They're the, the playbook just feels so much more limited. This I mean, year. We, I mean, one of the reasons why, Cooks looked fine, and you know his usage versus he was good, he was good today. He versus, was I think, really the, the you know the argument there isn't per, you know necessarily his carries, but why the fuck is Latavius Murray all over our all over our television screen? Look, I get it. Had fun little preseason. He was a nice piece to have. All right, but he's running the fucking rub route. He's running the rub route. I, I, Are you kidding me? I, I get that. I think part of the reason why he's getting so much burn is because James Cook, and, and I saw it a couple times today too, he's just a terrible pass blocker. So, I mean, but, but I, I get that. But Murray lines up in, you know, I know, I know what you're saying there. Yeah. On the, uh, you know, in those, in those slots and, and wide. And like I, I, I've seen that before with this offense like i seen reggie gilliam line up there so it's not out of the ordinary for them to just put a guy in the uh you know in in the rotation there just to kind of pull some defender away from where they really want to go but man oh man i it, that just screams to me that that they're lost they're lost I, who would have thought when latavius murray was signed that he would be getting slot reps, you know, in in <laughs> in, in in empties. Yeah, fucking I, receiver reps in in empties. It's ridiculous. But I, I forgot where we started. But I did remember just now. I think one of the things we were excited about with James Cook is what he could do if there were some RPOs with with him. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Some of those plays where, well, you see a little. Sometimes Josh might you know, leave it in there a little bit. And maybe those, maybe those are RPOs, but it, Josh isn't pulling the ball out and he sure shit ain't, ain't, uh, uh, threatening the edges to, to run it anymore. Like he did. And we're just finding out that that was a huge part of what people had to game for. People had to game plan for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, my God, the, the guys on, on the cover of the most popular video game out there right now, running somebody over like like Patrick McQueen got got like pissed or Patrick Queen not McQueen mm -hmm. got pissed because of, of all the highlights that that's why Josh that's who he was yeah. and they just they they just took it away and that's totally bitten from some someone who are who talked about it on GR maybe DiBiase in the morning uh, not my thing by any stretch of, of the imagination but how can you after hearing it, how how can you not look at it like, holy shit, what an element to this offense that's missing? You know, London, I kind of, I will, to a certain extent, say they weren't ready to play the game overseas travel. You can say they came in late, they're flat. Giants game, it felt like 
We talked about this. Josh was literally forcing the ball into digs in the first half with no success. Today, I don't know. The common theme to me is all three of these games. They haven't been able to get the running game early, which kind of goes to your point, and that includes Josh Allen. Like, there has not been a design play call run for Josh Allen. I, I can't remember the last time there's been one. You know, and, and another big thing today, and I see, I see in the comment, I want to put it up there because a lot I heard this a lot on Twitter. Somebody, uh, Bill says, wide receiver two is a problem. What successful offense doesn't have a capable wide receiver two? Gabe Davis, one catch, six yards today, five targets, no drops. So, I mean, they were not catchable balls, the, the ones he didn't come down with. I don't want to defend Gabe Davis here, but, you know, last week we talked about it's just too much Stephon Diggs and you want to get James Cook going. And they did. He, he had three catches. He scored a touchdown. Dalton Kincaid far and away got, got his best game as a pro today. Like what? Eight catches. I think where's, where's uh, the numbers. Yeah. Eight catches for 75 yards today. So Dalton Kincaid was a big factor in the offense. Khalil Shakir had a couple catches. Shortfield had a grab. Hardy had a really nice catch and a couple good moves to pick up a first down on a third down play where he would have been stopped. So you get these other guys involved. There's only one football. And some, somebody's going to suffer. And for the Bills and the way this offense is looking like, you're going to be like, it's no, Gabe Davis. No, I, it's, no. it's Gabe Davis. Gabe <laughs> Davis. Completely unrelated to your point. I just don't think Gabe Davis, I don't think he had a bad game today. It just wasn't a focal part of the offense. I don't know. How do you feel about that when you hear somebody say, well, they don't have a legitimate number two receiver. I don't, I personally don't even know that that matters. I, I care more about getting Cook and Kincaid and some of these other guys involved or whatever. Gabe gets, he gets. I'm fine with the argument. Um, you know, I mean, you won't you won't find me jumping on anybody. Uh, you know, who makes the uh, uh, the argument that um, you know that the Bills are a little shorthanded there. But I, you know, I also don't think about it strictly in terms of wide receiver two, much the way you know you would in 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 years past because mm -hmm. there are so many other. Um, you know, guys now, you know, you know, you don't see, you know, there's so many more packages now than there than there was before. You know, that you could you could have a, a, a tight end who's your number one or number two pass catcher on a team. And then wide receiver two is actually passing game option number three. You know, and and, and I just I'm just not sure how direct a causation um of Gabe Davis not, you know, uh, getting the ball is to the Bills' lack of success. I just, right. I don't pin a lot of it on uh, on Gabe. Now, I think that the stats may bear otherwise. It, it could, I'm sure there's something out there where someone could say, when Gabe Davis catches four or five balls for X amount of yards, the Bills are, you know, 172 and eight. <laughs> well, all right, sorry. But I just, I don't put a lot of stake in uh you know in Gabe Davis's performance um you know necessarily meaning that the offense is is humming maybe that's wrong that's probably probably is cuz now we don't fucking run the ball with Josh anymore you know now we don't have someone in the middle of the field uh who can do what Cole Beasley did you know I and mean, Cole Beasley was every bit wide receiver too for this team for a couple years sure. as far as I'm concerned you know may maybe I maybe I should be looking at Gabe more than I am but right now, you know, my, my thought process with, uh, with Gabe is he's just one of the guys, you know, yeah. he's just, he's just one of the other guys. And I, you know, game plan is going to dictate 
you know, which one of those guys is the guy for that day. But none of them are doing, none of them are doing it. Some, you know, some say this was a, a, a show of Kincaid, you know, starting to take a step today because, you know, when, when Shuff, uh, when Steph was was doubled and and you know they took away Steph, Kincaid found the openings. Maybe you know m- maybe, but what I really need is one or two guys. All right, outside of my primary, uh, you know, skill players to contribute, and usually their contributions are schemed, and that's why for me. Um, so much of this is on Dorsey. No, it's a stu- who wants to have this conversation for the hundredth time. I know. I mean, we're just we, we, it we, is we getting we, redundant. We, yeah. So but, I mean, but, fuck the conversation. But it, it's it's very real. I mean, they open up the game with a with a single read play that that Josh gets picked off on. You got all fucking week to work on that play. Yeah. I, <laughs> and then you come out in the second half and you're like, this is what we're gonna do. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna throw the two yard loss to Steph. I mean, I'm sorry. I know that's cherry picking. That's 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 low hanging fruit. But you opened up the game with a pick, and then you and, and then your adjustment was to open up the half with a you know with a two yard loss. I think Dorsey is a horrendous play caller, schemer, all of it. I you know he probably won't get fired because I, I think. McDermott is worried a little bit about the image that that he's starting to get. All right, everybody knows that he let, uh, you know that 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 the Fraser thing was 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 not voluntary. Everybody saw. I don't think he wanted it to, you know, but everybody saw the the day bowl blow off. Yeah, right, we Sean, took the show before yo, we saw that. Last Sean week. McDermott, I think, is 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 rightfully starting probably to feel a little bit like you know he might not play well with others. Yeah. And I don't think he's out to fire his offensive coordinator. I, I I think he's I think he's gonna think or swim with them. But I don't think the Bills would would be worse off for it. I don't think it's a ridiculous conversation, especially when you got a former head coach. I don't know what Brady's um you know o- OC uh history was prior to becoming a head coach, but it was good enough to to get him to become a head coach, even if he was a terrible head coach. All right. And I, I just don't think it's an impossible thing to ponder. It's just, it, it wouldn't be a betting favorite right now. Uh, also worth mentioning, Chad Hall, the ja- the wide receivers coach, took a lateral move to Jacksonville last year. And it was pretty well known that him and, and Sean didn't see eye to eye with a, with a lot of things. Look, it is redundant, but it is, Something that needs to be pointed out that Dorsey is doing a terrible job in the first half. Um, the offensive line was terrible, especially in the first half today. That needs to be called out. And yes, I think Sean McDermott is responsible for Josh Allen not running the football. But don't you, Josh Allen deserves some blame here. Sure. He did not play very well today. Big misses. He, especially in the first half. He was 9 of 16 with an interception in the first half. Did not play well. Miss, yeah, he had some throws and they weren't all scrambling and throwing it away, you know, trying to make something out of nothing type plays. The, the bomb, the digs, that was a touchdown. He had other misses too. They were just kind he of wild one. throws. Right after the bomb, I, like a play or two after the bomb, he had a miss so bad to a wide open digs that the, uh, you know, the guys doing the game thought it may have been intended for, uh, 
um, for Gabe. I don't know if you remember. But it was yeah. a really, really bad miss. And then he had the one on, you know, his uh, his little soccer act there where he was able to buy the 15. Fucking Cade was wide open. And, and, and yeah. you know, and he, and he missed him high and outside on it. Yeah, no, the quarterback has not been very good since Miami. Yeah. He's, it was definitely not a good game for him uh, today. Stats looked fine. 27 to 41, 265, two touchdowns, a pick, a rushing touchdown from, you know, a half yard out. I did see one stat from Next Generation Stats that really stood out to me. 17 of 17 for 135 in both his touchdowns. We get rid of the ball within two and a half seconds or less. Like the Bills, that's like their rhythm office. It seems to be working. Uh, he was only 10 of 24 for 130 yards and an interception when holding on to the ball for more than uh, two and a half seconds. But yeah, I'm not saying big picture wise, Josh Allen's part of the problem, but in this specific loss, at least today, uh, I definitely thought he was part of the problem and nine penalties too, untimely penalties too. They, they, they really hurt this team. That's undisciplined. And it kind of goes back to coaching as well. So what uh, about, I don't know. Did, mm. did you know that uh, I was trying to remember who it was the first time around, but did you know that on Friday, um, McDermott declared Oliver out on his GR show, mm -hmm. and then Oliver ended up showing up at practice on on that day. Yeah, that happened earlier in the year too. Well, Mike Hyde, Mike Hyde, that's right. That's a that's an that's odd for yeah. McDermott. I know, I know, and I'll even look. I'm not I'm not conspiracy theorist guy, but I I'm not even playing when I say that it wouldn't shock me if McDermott was like. If McDermott forced the issue a little bit with Oliver to sit today because of the fact that he didn't want to look like a jerk naming somebody out twice on a Friday radio show, and then they both played, I know that's very that, that's that's a that's a reach. But how many fucking times do you practice on a Friday if you know you're not going on on Sunday? Yeah. How many how many times does that happen? Like, what was that Oliver doing out there that Sean McDermott didn't think that he was going to play? at all that was weird there are weird things happening to this coach this year he seems a little more disconnected and you know for mcdermott that just that that that's different you just don't you don't see that sort of disconnect with his football team in years past once you start to get above you know the 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 uh the football on field ops that's actually very common because, you know, we haven't even dived into the fact that this fucking stupid team is rudderless because their top two, uh, you know, managers on each team was banging. All right. That is, my God, that story just went away. It is just such a product of idiot leadership at the top. But thankfully, that idiocy doesn't filter down into the football operations. McDermott's been tight. Bean's been tight. And this year, the, you know, the, the things that have happened to McDermott with, you know, public comments about a player playing uh, or not playing and then playing have been odd. McDermott has um, had as rough a start to the season as any of his players. Yeah. Um, 
I, I really don't have much. Was I not allowed? Could I mean, it's not like you've got credentials to any of these teams. Like, I should be able to just blow Pagula up if I want, right? Well, like, like it's just baffling that my man could put his football franchise in the hands of someone that he didn't know was sleeping with a subordinate a month a, a month later. I don't. Want it is baffling. I don't want credentials, and this is why because I like being able to talk openly and I feel objectively about the team without fair repercussion from the uh, the organization. So even if we could get credentials, I actually wouldn't want them because then we'd have to be different. Bright spots: Dalton Kincaid, uh, James Cook. I thought they got him going. He didn't know what was it? Giants game? Didn't he? Was it two weeks ago? He had minus one yard total yards. It was two weeks ago. Um, and Jack against Jacksonville. Jordan Poyer, like I said, he uh, he had a sack. You know, a, a big force fumble. Had they won that game, I was even gonna I was even ready to tweet after the game, had the Bills come back to win, that Jordan Boyer might have just saved the Bills season with that punch out fumble because then the Bills get the ball and they take the lead. If they win the game, because I've been kind of critical of Jordan this season, hasn't been tested much. It's not that he's looked terrible, but I agree about the age thing. But yeah, I was waiting for him to make a play. And he did. It's a he made huge play. Huge it's play. a huge play. And then the other bright spot is I think we realize how much you need that Oliver out there. He was a bright spot. Just his presence not being on the field showed you, uh, you know, how bad this team defensively could be without him and the injuries. Uh, to put a wrap on it, I, look, they got to find a way to, to play with more a sense of urgency on offense in the first half. It's crazy to see them not being able to get going. It's frustrating as shit. Um, the penalties are a problem. And to me, the biggest, maybe the biggest factor of this game is I just think they were bullied on both sides of the line. I mean, there were a couple of runs Stevenson had. He was going eight, nine yards without being touched. Just bad, bad, bad defense and the offensive line. I, I thought they were terrible today. Maybe they're uh, their worst game in the season. And I still have a tough time believing that they lost as both Zach Wilson and Mac Jones. Mac Jones played good, by the way. He played really good. He played smart today. Um he threw some balls. He threw, he threw some balls in the first half that were just like terrible. Thankfully, I mean, thankfully for him, you know, they they weren't in the direction of any Bills defenders, but he had some some misses uh in the first half where I was just like, How the hell are we losing to Mac Jones? But I agree with um, you know, with the overall uh sentiment on his game because I think his second half was really strong. Yeah, and yeah, man. I mean, um, it it did take some some good plays, some good schemes, some you know that they had an opponent that was very ready for today, and I, I I don't know that I would say that about last week's opponent. You know, last week's opponent I think was were as flat as as they were. <laughs> you mm, know, playing down um, in the competition. But this week's opponent, I, I think, was um, you know, was was very ready and well coached. You know, I mean, like. Uh, that whole thing people say, well, it was their Super Bowl. Well, no, all right, it was just an important game to them, and they they showed up for it. They they Pats showed up today. The Pats showed up today. The offense in the fourth quarter gets going, and it just I don't know. It's I mean, it's obviously fun in the moment to watch, but it just makes you more frustrated that they spent an entire half of a game yet again not being able to get it going. It, it just, got going. Did, didn't it get going though? Because they had to go off script. Not off script within plays. All right. Not sure. not like Josh, Josh Allen going off script. <coughs> Excuse me. Because a, a play is designed to do something. I mean off script from the game plan. 
right? All right. When when they got down two scores, uh, you know, when it was 22-10 with eight minutes to go, you know, there was there there was no more. There was nothing cute. We had to go, right? We had to go. And that's the best offense they played all day. The best offense they played all day is the offense that Ken Dorsey didn't didn't have, all right, on his game plan sheet. Yeah. Now, I think if, if that doesn't speak to, you know, what, what the biggest part of the problem is, I don't know what does, man. The best the offense looked all day is when Ken Dorsey had to put away the game plan and and pretty much just go out there and sling it. I, and that's the best the offense. I will day. say that if there's any hope I could take from this game as a Bills fan, if there's any, and I'm really skeptical of this, but the offense is capable of putting up big numbers consistently. They're capable of it. And if they could find a way to play like they did in the fourth quarter offensively for four quarters, they're still going to be a team that could beat anybody because they have the talent on offense and a great quarterback if they take the handcuffs off and if he plays smarter and better too, because some of it is on him as well. But that's what gives this the one thing. I have no hope for the defense. They're not replacing Milano. They're not replacing Daquan Jones. They're not replacing Trey White. They're going to give up points. They're going to give up yards. If you can hold a team to, what did New England score, 29 today? That's not good. But if you There can, are cover linebackers out there that could be had for a three or four. I don't know who yeah. they are. All right, I don't know. They got to do something. Ryan Talbot will have a list, I'm sure. All right, and I don't mean that as a dog because those are cool. (laughs) You know, like if I want to know who who might, you know, get traded for or something, then I like that shit. Um, But there there are a handful of cover linebackers out there that can be had. And if there's a saving grace from today and they truly don't trust Williams to get it fixed, uh, you know, during the course of the 2023 season, because it ain't Dotson. <laughs> no. Dotson ain't covering nobody. No. All right. Um, then maybe, you know, they, they've got enough time to to find that uh, um, that, cover, that cover linebacker. They have to do something on defense. Again, even if you're just limiting the success of who you're playing somewhat, you can hold a team to 20 to 24 points. This Bill's offense should be good enough that, they could still beat anyone. In theory, that's that's the hope you could take away from uh, the Buffalo Bills here. Todd Sheldon. Hopefully the Bills will play the Chiefs. The NFL will make sure Taylor Swift's team will win. I'll tell you what. I don't think they need Taylor Swift. You have an, awful, the Buffalo Bills you have an awful lot of conspiracy theorist <laughs> takes. Including yours. <laughs> what? Which one? The Which Mc, one? Well, some McDermott. Oh, I, I, I just said that, that McDermott, you know, may have... Uh, he may, he may have kept at a Hauser out, you know, because he said that he was going to be out. Yeah, and Ed Oliver went out and practiced on Friday. There's not a player, unless a player is rehabbing from injury, okay, they do not practice on a Friday for a game on Sunday. Oliver, Ed Oliver thought he was going to play. Ed Oliver thought he was going to play, man. Um, Otherwise, you don't hit go out on the field on Friday. Anyway, I'm watching the Chiefs play this year. I mean, with the success that Mac Jones and some of these other lesser quarterbacks are having, it's scary to think what Mahomes and Travis Kelsey will do in this defense as things stand uh, right now. Goes without saying, by the way, Thursday, th- this is a must. Suddenly, this becomes a must-win game. You cannot lose at home uh, on a short week to Tampa. You, you can't do it. Are they on a bye right now? No, nah, they lost today to Atlanta. Okay. 
ugly ass game. Tell you how song overall day, man. I'm telling you, I can barely lock in on this Bills game. I I just oh my god, I wanted to go to bed. I got so uh, bad. Can I say, Joe, big big shout out here. Oh, Sherry took the kids to like the Y today just for like, you know, to, mm -hmm. for me to have the the dad. I've never been more dialed in to what was going on. I just, I, I had the freedom. I had, I was, I was <laughs> to not have kids jumping around while I'm trying to watch a game was delightful. So, uh, you know, if she's out there, like, you know, list, sometimes she comes, she comes home on like a Thursday or something. She's like, I listened to the podcast. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> like, what did I say? My God, I hope I didn't say I was going to put 1500 on the Bengals. Because that's what I'm saying right now in two weeks, baby. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to go to Florida with my with with my kids uh, college baseball team on that on that Cincy bet. That's how positive I am. I am of it. By the way, I'm going to give you some props because you go on Facebook and call your son out for being a mediocre hitter. <laughs> I wish I had the Facebook status actually word for word. It was fucking. I funny. call him a career one eighty nine. I always, I've always nine hitter. I have always said that. I one of my things I can't stand. Although I obviously understand why is why people go on Facebook and just brag endlessly about their kids and all the good shit they do and never yeah. any of the bad shit. Where where is it? What did you say? I want to. I'll tell you what I said. What better way to spend your Saturday night than a club baseball live stream from Pitt featuring career one eighty six hitter Tony Bucks Jr. <laughs> I used to call that's Shane my out. man though, man. That's my boy. You know, that, that, that's my baby. When she, uh, when all she, all twenty years of his uh, aggravating ass. Uh, happy birthday uh, tomorrow, son number three. <laughs> but yeah, oh my god, I, I used to call Shane out when he played. Crazy. Shane had some shitty games. I, uh, I love calling him out when he would make whiff on a sack or make bad plays. Sure. I'd be first one to call him out for that shit. Uh, before we get out of here, Sabers, a big early season win. On Saturday, you know, speaking of these must-win games like with the Bills on Thursday, I almost felt like that Islanders game on Saturday, This even as early as the season is, was a must-win. A 3-1 game. Uh, Tom, we played great. I don't know, your thoughts right now on the Sabres? We talked about them a little bit last week. Got three games to to digest from uh, since we last talked. They won two of them. They beat Tampa in overtime. They won Saturday. They lost a pretty ugly game against Calgary on Thursday. Uh, I don't know what your overall thoughts right now on this team. About a week or so in. Uh, the yeah, the Calgary game left a lot of people uneasy as it should have, mm -hmm. and then the Islander game, um, you know, renewed a lot of hope. Although the Islanders were playing their second in two nights uh, and had a, um, you know, a pretty hard fought one against uh, New Jersey, I think it was the night before, and we're kind of ignoring that a little bit when we look at the lopsided stats against the Islanders. Um, this is one of those cases where I'm more interested in the next game telling me about the pre previous one than, uh, than I am, you know, necessarily the sure. Islander, Islander game telling me what I, what I saw against Calgary. I don't think what I saw against Calgary was, um, was as bad as it looked. And I don't think what we saw against the Islanders was as good as we looked. We need to even our record. Uh, tomorrow night against or tonight, you know, uh, mm -hmm. when it's showing, uh, against against Montreal. We even our record against Montreal. I'll look back at the Islander game, uh, you know, and and, and feel good about it. But we it is still crucial for this team to avoid the early season hole. 
And 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 you're right. I mean, I I heard you say must win, and and I'm sure it raises eyebrows. You know, especially Saber Twitter. Uh, you know, loves to be critical of people. You know, reacting too much too soon, that sort of thing. But one in four would have been an ugly hole. And and if you're able to come out of um, you know, Monday night three and three, even even with a tough one the next uh, the next night against Ottawa. Uh, on on back to back, I, I I still think three and three gets you out of that early season uh, hole and back in the game. But as far as the on on ice, uh, you know, performance is concerned, all off season long, man, there was just something about Thompson, Cousins, and Greenway. I thought he loved. Maybe it's just something I loved because they're all like six five or bigger, mm-hmm. and 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 they're quick, and it just the, you know, the size and and skill of that line was really appealing to me. But I I went out there a, a few times on Twitter, and I I don't tweet much, you know, and I'll just go under a, you know, a Saber Twitter account or something like that, whether it be an actual podcast or just someone who, you know, a stat nerd, but. I mm-hmm. say that actually uh, as a compliment. And I put it out there a bunch of times, man. I put it out there a bunch of times that I thought that was the right one through six uh, chemistry. And um, I'm hoping I end up right. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I end up right. Cause I think that shit's really, really fun. Um, you know, to look at, I, the, I mean, those guys, those are massive massive dudes on that line cousins tompkins and greenway man yeah and if they can you know they're just they're a fun line to want to root for and then you know the byproduct of that is middle stat between Tuckin and skinner and i think everybody's feeling casey middle stat right now yeah. so I, I i i hope this you know if it if it sticks it means we're winning you know, so sure. obviously it all it all uh, you know ties together. But I I hope this top six, and I hate to leave JJ Paterka out of it because I think JJ Paterka is is a top six player on this team. I just think the the, the Greenway uh, addition, you know, the to that to that line um, is is the right recipe. But I don't I don't want to leave Paterka out when I call you know, the current sure. grouping, the top six. Um, the only thing it does though, man, is leave, is leave you a little thin at your third center, you know, because you're, you're eating up uh, cousins on that first line with Thompson and now middle stature two, And now you're throwing out Tyler Jost to skate with, with, with JJ Paterka. And now you're, you know, you're, you're taking a little of the offensive punch from Paterka out of play, but, We'll see how that you know plays out over time. Get that first get get that first six going. All right, you you, you got to score at the top. You got to create it, create at the top. And I I I like what they what they roll out right now um, to do that. And then you can then you can work on what your bottom six um, you know looks like after that. Worth noting too, after this Montreal home game here on Monday night, which by the way will be live. Uh, Talking Buffalo will be live right after the game. I'm going to have PK from the Buffalo Sports Collective, so uh, we'll recap that game live right afterwards. But anyway, here five, or are you at? Uh, it'll be in my studio, or no? Actually, we'll be doing it remote, just through uh, 
through StreamYard. But anyway, we'll be doing it live after the game. Uh, five of their next seven after this are on the road. So they're going to be on the road a lot. Uh, I mean, you hit on a lot of the players that are that are that are looking good of late. Um, Devin Levi, man. So he's played. He's got four starts. He's one in three. Eight a point eight nine two save percentage. I thought the Flames game. It looked a little lethargic, and it, it kind of concerns me. Only is is it too big of an assumption right now for this guy to just come in and be your number one who's going to play? You know, I thought maybe fifty five to sixty games. I'm starting to think maybe this early in his career that that's going to be too many games. And now maybe it's like 40 to 45, maybe up to 50 at the most. Um, obviously, seeing what Comrie did Saturday was promising. But uh, I don't know. Do you have concerns about Levi or is it just some yeah. you know, early season puck luck? Nah, I, I you know. I, I think he's played terrible. I, I know. Think he was, I, I know. I'm, I'm not. I, still too small. To, st yeah. Still too small of a sample size for me. What I don't want to happen to Levi is what happened to Ryan Miller. All right, I don't, I could still remember the interview, man. I, I think I even remember the game. It was like a six-one beating to the Flyers. Uh, can't remember the year exactly, but it, it was it was an early, um, you know, it was early in his career. It, it, it was an early audition. That's the word I want. Mm -hmm. There, it was an early audition for Miller. He was very frustrated, man. I, I, you know, I believe there were tears in in the post game uh, interview. He would later. I, I'm quite certain, um, go down to Rochester that, that same season. I don't want that to happen to Levi. That, that is, that stays with me. That Miller wasn't mismanagement. I don't know because he became Ryan Miller. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Does he become right? He probably becomes Ryan Miller without that early, uh, you know, hiccup in his career, but I'm sure, you know, if he thought, look back at it, he probably thought he grew from it and he probably did. I'm just not looking for that to be the case with Levi. All right. I don't want him. I don't want a crushing, um, you know, demotion to happen. I, I, I need to guard against that. And I do think he's, he's just, I think he's special. And I think, you know, he's, he's special enough and good enough that, um, that he will be able to avoid that. And that's saying a lot because what you're saying is, he's going to go straight from college to the NFL and never see a minor league game his entire career is, is really what you're saying. If you think, uh, um, if you think he survives this season up, uh, you know, up on the big club the whole time. Yeah. I just, I know he's a good goalie. We saw it last year and we saw what he did in college. It's just, I don't know that flames game. Like I said, kind of lethargic, a little slow, kind of hung feel like I am right now, hung over lethargic and slow. And then the defense is, I, I feel like it's been spotty. So far this year. Now, in full disclosure, I I don't want to say I didn't watch the Islanders game. I'll tell you that I don't remember much of watching the Islanders game good night. on Saturday night. But uh, that game aside, because the Sabres won and they played well, but um, Clifton and, and Johnson are not off to great starts. I looked up this. Now, plus minus can be such an overrated stat. It's kind of like tackles in football. You know, you can't don't always tell the story with plus minus, but Connor's already a minus six for the season. And uh Eric Johnson's already minus four. Now, probably not the start that you're hoping for from two new veteran uh, defensemen in the lineup. You know, that Calgary game on, on Thursday, they didn't give him a lot of help. The whole defense as a whole. It's kind of been that way for much of the season early on. So, I don't know. I'm I'm not sold on, uh, on the defense right now. Johnson got a ton of love after the Calgary game. Um, 
you know, for, for his, uh, comments in, in, in the locker room afterwards. It was funny though, man, he got a ton of love from your traditional journals. All right. You know, your locker room guys, mm -hmm. Harrington, Paul Hamilton, you know, that sort of thing. Right. He was talking about team defense. He was just like, we're, we're not going to win hockey games without a commitment to team defense. The flip side, though, is there was some real smart Sabre Twitter chatter. And, you know, you know, the guys, you know, yeah. Chad. Uh, D. Dominicis. There yeah. you go. Yep. Uh, and others who was like, look, I mean, we respect what a veteran like Eric Johnson says and feels. But we've got the numbers right here to show that your offense is struggling right now. Not, you know, not not your defense necessarily. So it was it was a very real interesting dynamic to see, um, you know, how those comments from Johnson were perceived, you know, old school and new school. But I think the most important piece of that is how they were received in the room. And the response was the Islander game, right? Yeah. You know, the response was the was the ultra-responsible defense first, but we're going to score off that performance that we saw against the Islanders. So um, I don't disagree that uh, on the ice, the new uh, defensive additions um, have taken a little time to, uh, you know, to find their way. But I... I, I when you mentioned Johnson, I, I think that the biggest footnote from from his week uh, is were his comments after Calgary, how they were, you know, received uh, across Saberland, and how the team responded to him. There's still, there's, man, I I, I need hockey to be fun because I've got a feeling <laughs> we're gonna have less fun than we hoped we'd have during football. Yeah, you know, it's a great way to. Uh, to wrap this it's episode up. It's a terrible way to wrap this up. Well, but Bengals 48, Bills 21. You know what's gonna that's not really what I think. I can I reserve the right for a for a truer prediction next week after after Tampa Bay. Yeah, I'm trying to win your people some money, <laughs> is what I is what I'm trying to do. Do you there. know what the most frustrating thing for me I think is gonna be this week? It was borderline like that this past week, it's gonna be worse this week because the Bills offense did enough weight that when people who want to defend this offense are, are going to point to DVOA and EPA. And there won't all be enough events. time though. The There'll Thursday, be... the Thursday start That's means true. we don't have to fucking live with that shit. Bro. I hope not. Because... I'm so glad it's Thursday, mainly because I don't want to hear people with, with respect to fans and many content creators. It's just, this ain't the week to talk up the bills office and point to advanced stats. Come on and fucking play better in the first 30 minutes of, of the game. And you're not a four and three football team. You're probably. Should I go? Huh? Should I go to the game? Yeah. Um, what's the weather? I would come down to the weather. It would come down. To like it. This, it does come this down. This team's not deserving right now of you being cold. Like if it's a comfortable agree, night, wear like so, like a light hoodie or a light fleece or something like that, then you could sit in the stands. But I wouldn't be like getting cold. And it's certainly not not that you're a, a tailgate guy anyway. But this is definitely not a tailgate worthy. Type of game. This is a but people this will, is a bro. Text. I mean, I look, I, like if people get a chance to start drinking after a half day of work on oh, Thursday, I mean, it's it's not a tailgate for old, you know, geezers like like us two. But 
the tailgating will will be on on Thursday. This is, this is this is a high. I mean, they're all high pressure games, but this game is really high pressure. They have to win this football game. It's straight up. You cannot lose to Tampa Bay with Cincinnati on the horizon, a road trip too. You can't lose to Tampa at home, prime time. The nation's watching. Um, they're going to be down on the Bills this week, which will be justified. You know, if the Bills aren't in the top ten in a lot of power rankings, I wouldn't have beef with that. I don't think they deserve to be. A, are they a top 10 team right now? Do you think they're a top 10 team right oh, now? I thought that was rhetorical. You asking me that? Yeah. I fucking, have you listened? <laughs> I mean, no, they're not yeah. a top 10 team yeah. right so, now. So again, they got a lot of shit to prove and a lot of shit to fix. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But anyway, like I said, uh, tomorrow night or tonight, depending on when you're listening to this, after the Sabres Montreal game, uh, I'll have PK from the Buffalo Sports Collective. We'll recap that. Busy week. For Tone Pucks, I'm Pat Moran. Talk to you soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.